Instagram, or Facebook. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Station 1460 KX and 106.3 on the FM dial. Cubs play in a couple of hours. Our next guest is, Trent tells me, on a bus Mm -hmm. uh, to American Family Field to see those Brewers and the Cubs as the Brewers go for the sweep. Cappy joins us. Cap, Trent, and Ken, are you with a group of listeners headed uh, headed to the game? Yes, we are. We're on a bus brought to you by Miller Light, and it's this big Windy City Limo Motor Coach. And we've got, I think, six listeners and salespeople and marketing people, and me and Jonathan Hood. And we're going to sit in a skybox and watch the Cubs probably get swept. Yeah, it's not going well, Cap. So Trent and I began the week thinking that this next two weeks. With the start of the coming off the uh, losing three straight to the Dodgers, but it's when they get to the Brewers and then the Reds and four with the Phillies before the Cardinals uh, take us in the All Star break. We thought this might be the most, uh, the, the determining two weeks in the season as far as what they're going to do. Did you feel like the start of this week's was a crossroad, Cap? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to push back against you because I said yesterday, this is before the game, this was on the morning show we do yesterday the season's over okay <laughs> from a cubs perspective it's over here's why this is not you know like the 03 marlins or some of these teams that the nationals in 19 that are off the track and they just keep grinding and then they run you down and they finally get there and make the playoffs and get hot they've got decisions to make so are you telling me i don't mean you anybody who believes like you believe, I said this to Jesse Rogers on our show this morning, that a billionaire, he's a billionaire for a reason, because he's really smart about making money and running his business. You're telling me that he's going to determine the future of his $4 billion asset based on how they play over the next two weeks? No shot. He's got a plan and he was just going to let this thing play out. He saw the schedule. All right, you guys had a cute month in May. Uh, you're not winning the World Series. We didn't build you a World Series team, and I just truly believe it's over. You know, Zach Davies last night, he was good mm-hmm. for four freaking innings. That's it, yeah. You're getting four innings out of your starters other than Kyle Hendricks. I got no expectation Jake Arrieta is going to be good today. So... Maybe they win one game. Okay, great. Then they're four back. I just personally believe it. I, I said it to Anthony Rizzo this morning. Anthony, love you. No one wants the Cubs to win more than me. There may be some at my level. No one more than me. Anthony, it's over. <laughs> so, What was Rizzo's response to that? <laughs> I think he understands where I'm coming from yeah. because I laid out a case. Anthony's out again with a back injury. Mm-hmm. Chris Bryant dove and his side's bothering him, so he's out. You have no depth in your starting pitching. Uh, one of your best relievers just went on the injured list in Ryan Tapera. 
you don't have a backup catcher that, you know, is competent. And then the one you had last night who's not very good, Lobaton, he got hurt. Uh, you just don't have enough offense. Explain to me how this team is going to get back in the race. Even if you drop Max Scherzer or uh, Jose Barrios, pick any of the available guys that might be. And now the Nationals are only three back, so he's probably not available. Right. But pick any starter you want, drop him on the Cubs, and go, all right, there's your number one starter. You still got one run last night. You still can't hit. I think it's absolutely 100% a fait accompli. They're going to sell. Yeah, well, and what does that mean, Cap, and who does that mean in particular as far as the some of the names they will sell? Is Kimbrell in play because he's an incredibly valuable asset? They got another year of control out of him. What about the you know the core guys that are still there? Who do you think is in play, Cap? I think anybody is in play. I, I truly believe that. Like if the right deal came along and, you know, like the Cubs gave up Labor Torres, who's a really good player, uh, to get Chapman. But Chapman pitched, in the, pitched them to the World Series. He was really, really good. The home run to Rajay Davis notwithstanding. They don't win the World Series without making that deal. Um, I think anybody can play. I said today to my partner, Jonathan Hood, if I'm Rick Hahn, I'm calling Jed Hoyer this morning. Hey, man, uh, my bullpen you know, almost killed me last night. We won 7-6. to six. We blew a big lead. Mm-hmm. I want Craig Kimbrell. I want Kimbrell. I, you don't have to pick up his option for next year, but if he helps you win the World Series, who cares what the price is? Yeah, true. lot there. The core guys. What? Who gets the best return? Is it Javi because of the youth? Is it... Chris Bryant, even with what's hanging out, and of course free agency sitting right behind him, moving taking Krimble out of the equation and talking about the four core guys there. Who do you think gets the best return out of that group? Wilson Contreras, so mm. hard to find a quality catcher. He's twenty nine. Chris Bryant hitting one. You can look it up right now. Chris Bryant hitting one fifteen in the month of June. One mm. fifteen. This isn't the second of June. This is the 30th of freaking June, and I believe with men in scoring position, he's, I don't know, 110, 114, some god-awful number. So are you really, truly giving up elite players for a guy who's looking to get paid as Scott Boris is an agent? Probably not. You'll get something. You're not going to get what you'd have gotten if you traded him two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Rizzo loves Anthony. He got a back injury again. You give him something up for a 32-year-old first baseman, I don't think he puts you over the top if he's not healthy. Um, if you look at Javi Baez, his on-base percentage, Kenny, Trent, look it up, it's 260. Mm. 260. That's like the ACT test. You get points for just signing your name. <laughs> I mean, he, look, he's a hell of a defensive player, and he's got a ton of swag. Swag doesn't win championships. It doesn't. And he's regressed. I, I truly think they're holding a losing hand. Hmm. So, Cap, if there is a a, a rebuild that uh, that we're on the cusp of, how will Cubs fans? How will they handle that? I mean, they they reached the promised land seemingly seems like a long time. It's only five years ago. How will Cubs fans handle a rebuild? And by the way, the piece that you retweeted about Dodger ownership uh, and Clayton Kershaw was very forthcoming in that piece. I read the piece. I'm so glad you retweeted. If you haven't seen it, it's on Cap's feed. It's a comparison the Cubs organization to the Dodgers organization, and they're both owned by billionaires, and they should be similar, but they're not. 
How will Cubs fans handle this cap if it is a rebuild on the north side? Well, is it a rebuild where they're going to be like 2012 and lose 101, 61, and 101? I don't think so because there's too much talent and infrastructure to be that bad. I don't think they have any intent or desire to do that like Theo and Jed did when they got here. But you got to remember, when Theo and Jed got here, you had a terrible scouting system. You had no database of any kind. This is a true story. I may have told you guys, I know I've told it on my radio show and on TV, that when they got here, you know how they used to scout players? They go see Ken Miller play, and the scout would watch the game. Let's say you were a pitcher. They would call either the scouting director or Jim Hendry, and they'd leave on his voicemail. Hey, this is Cap. I saw Kenny Miller pitch tonight. 94 pitches. He topped out at 96. Curveball was plus. Slider was a little flat. He went six innings. See ya. And that was it. And they would listen to it, and then it would go out into the ether, be gone forever. Well, with Theo and Jed, they set up a $5 million computer system called Ivy. They nicknamed it Ivy. Hmm. And so I go see Kenny Miller. It's a, I mean, extensive, probably, if you're looking at eight sheets of paper, it's all typed out every single night. You see Kenny Miller, you're writing that report that night. Here's what he did. Here's what he didn't do. I talked to the trainer. I talked to the manager after the game. Here's what his breaking ball does. Here's all these analytics. Here's all his data. And then you go see him three weeks later, you're writing the same exact report based on how he performed that night. And every bit of that data went into this computer system. And so you may never, ever draft that guy. But guess what? Nine years later, he's 33 years old and you want to trade for him? Go back and pull up all our reports. Well, the thing we saw when he was 19, he's still struggling with it at whatever age he's at then. They compared all that data. Well, they've got all that infrastructure now. So I don't think they're going to be anywhere near that bad. And they have some kids coming, and they'll have money to spend. So it's different. We go to the south side. The White Sox are cruising along, even if they're not playing their best baseball. Nobody really to push them. The Yidians have their own set of issues. And yesterday, the Twins, the last place disappointing Minnesota Twins, Josh Donaldson, he was called a... Well, something I can't say on the air here, but a pest was the last word that Lucas Giolito used about that yesterday. Your takeaway from that and Donaldson, always a guy that seems to be in the middle of some confrontation. Look, he's a really good player. Hard to believe he was the guy the Cubs traded. He was a minor league Mm -hmm. class A catcher that they traded to Oakland for Rich Harden back in 2007. Such a long time ago. But I would prefer he would have had the guts, the temerity to say to Lucas Giolito, hey, man, nice pitch, no sticky stuff, huh? It would have been great theater. Uh, Giolito blasted him after the game, but he's still a really good player, Josh Donaldson. He's still got thunder in his bat. Giolito looks really good, so it's a great rivalry. And my partner, Jonathan Hood, he despises the Twins more than any team in any sport. (laughs) He feels like them. About them, like I do the cards. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> David Kaplan is our guest. Kappa, a couple of things, uh, both Blackhawks related. Uh, the, the the sexual assault, uh, a scandal uh, surrounding a what I think it was a video 
coach Bradley Ulrich was his name. Cap, this is a story that I, I thought was going to be bigger. Uh, maybe, I mean, obviously the Blackhawks been playing for one of their cup runs. It would have been. Uh, this is a bad look on the Blackhawks, who not only looked the other way, but gave their, gave their former video coach letter of recommendation that allowed him to continue to perpetuate uh, his crimes. This is a terrible story amongst one of the um, the original six teams in the NHL not getting as much exposure as I thought. Ultimately, Cap, uh, the NHL has to get involved. How's this going to end? It's an awful look. So it's an awful look. It's an awful story. If you're the parent of that kid who was molested by Bradley Aldrich, and it's not an alleged because he served nine months in jail for it, if you are that parent, and you found out, hold on a minute, you could have put an end to this. You green-lighted him to get another job, and he ended up in a high school. Uh, what I said on the air the other day is, shame on, if this is true that they green-lighted it, and all accounts are that they did, shame on John McDonough, Stan Bowman, Al McIsaac, because if their kid was going to play for that coach, they would never, ever have allowed it. Right. They would have gone, no, 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 no. You're not playing for that guy. He's a horrible human being. But because it wasn't their kid, they just wash our hands and let him go off to the high school and it's out of our hair. Horrible, horrible look. They'll probably get smashed in court for a lot of money, and deservedly so. Yep. And now they just hired the law firm of Jenner and Block, one of the three biggest in the world. So they are... Uh, investigating a former federal prosecutor who works for them now is investigating the whole sordid business for the Blackhawks. You'll end up seeing, I think, Stan Bowman, Al McKay, if those guys get fired. Mm, I think they should. Uh, last thing on the Blackhawks, Cap, real quick. The captain is back. Uh, chronic inflammatory response syndrome uh, is what Jonathan Taves was afflicted with last year, caused him to miss the entire, albeit abbreviated, syndrome. I have no idea what it is, Cap, but for him to floor a world-class athlete like Taves was, this must be serious. Yeah, he said he, he couldn't recover. He said his body was a mess. But he said he's ready to go. He's excited to come back, and he thinks the best is yet to come. So I hope he's right because he's a hell of a hockey player. He's a great leader. He's a really good person. And, you know, there are all these horrible rumors. I mean, I would literally be in a grocery store, and the produce guy came up. Hey, you want to hear what I heard about Jonathan Chase? No, not really. Uh, The mailman. My mailman came up to, hey, I'm just letting you know, one of my buddies is also a letter carrier. Here's what Jonathan Chase said. And some of the allegations of what he was dealing with was so horrific. I'm like, you're not putting that on the air. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. And then, of course, none of it was true. So don't always believe your local mailman. (laughs) With that, Cappy, on your way to Milwaukee, so what are you looking most forward to? Is there a bratwurst that's on the agenda? Is there a beer that you have that when you get up to Wisconsin you like? Anything at all, or are you just going up to watch a ball game? Uh, I'll probably have a bratwurst up there, watch a ball game. We're in a skybox I was furiously waiting for your call. I had to get on PointsBet and make my play uh-huh. because Wisconsin doesn't allow sports teams. <laughs> That's right. to get over the border, I would be geolocated outside the state of Illinois. I couldn't get my play in. So uh. we'll see how it all shakes out. Cap, didn't you hit a big parlay yesterday or over the weekend? One shot. Nailed it. That was fun. Uh, good stuff. Uh, and did Hayward, uh, was, his, was uh, the ball he hit on Saturday fair or foul? 
Do you think it was? I thought David, it was. David Ross thought it was, and then he said he went back and his video people gave him another look, and he said, no, it's tough. All so right. I'll trust that they had the best look. It was foul. Okay. Unfortunate, but foul. I'd have gone to my grave thinking that was a fair <laughs> ball. Cappy, good stuff, buddy. Enjoy the game today. I uh, hope you can uh, help him kickstart him uh, to put one in the win column, but it seems like, indeed, uh, it is over. We'll talk to you in a week, Cap. Thank you. All the best. Have a great day, boys. Yep, see you. David Kaplan. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. Uh, Centurion Stone, if you are planning this weekend, head down there. Uh, if you've got a project that involves uh, veneer products, out exterior, interior, the, the showroom is going to be closed on Saturday through Monday, uh, but they'll be back open on the 6th. If you're in the market for manufacturer natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior project, any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa has over 200 Color and pattern combinations. CenturionStoneOfIowa.com. That's where you can find them online. The showroom itself is at 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street uh, in Des Moines. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsor. So sounds like um, Cap's out. Yes. You lost Cap. Are you surprised? That he's out or that the... the I think it's it's realistic. And Cap does a good job of that. Separating his fandom from what he sees. Mm-hmm. You have to in this business. You absolutely does. And he does a good job, even though the Cubs are his favorite team. Uh-huh. There's also the emotional side, though. I see it from you. They, they, they've, <laughs> I do. Absolutely. Yeah. But for Cap, he's watched his team get their teeth kicked in now for a week. Right. Are they out of it, out of it, really? Or is that also They're the emotion- in the right division, Trent. That's the part. I really like the Brewers team. We talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. I really like so the talent of this team. But would you be surprised if you look up at the end of the season and they're 86 and 76? No, I'll be, I'll be ecstatic because it's 82 and a half is the number. <laughs> so you got that one <laughs> cashing that ticket. Yeah, I won't be. And I think the Cubs could get to that number. But the starting pitching is so bad. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be, they're not getting Max Scherzer. No. They're not getting... How about Marquez last night? My dude, you know my love. I know. Of Herman Marquez. Yeah, and I yeah. flip over to MLB Network yeah. promptly to watch him give up a hit. A guy like that, probably going to take more than what the Cubs are going to be. It's going to be a couple of filler guys, if they'd even make mm-hmm. a move. And you don't want to give up too much. Right. Because you're counting on what's coming up to get to. I just, and even if they do win the division, yeah, you're in and you got a chance. The I get Cardinals that. were 83 and 79. I know. Just get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. You just just get in. You need to take your chances at that point. The Grom can pitch every day, assuming it's the Mets. Maybe the Padres and the and the Dodgers will take a toll on each other mm-hmm. if they match up in the in the first round of the playoff. We'll we'll see. I just don't. I look at this team. They're, they're they struggle to they struggle to score runs. Other than Hendricks, and Hendricks is six innings. Yeah, best, he's not a guy that you seven. Right, you're not counting on eight out of him. But he's the horse. <laughs> yes, I mean Arietta's going to go four. Davies was good through four last night. Now mm-hmm. he was when he pitched the no hitter or, or part of it. Uh, it's Friday night, right? I think he went six in the combined no hitter. When Williams is back, he's best case scenario five and and given up five. Yes. <laughs> Alzali, same kind of thing. He's, He's not a guy that goes seven. Nope. Now, that's just, also the evolution of baseball, to be fair. True, and the, and the bullpen has been unbelievable. Yeah. The bullpen has been unbelievable. But you're putting, a lot, you're putting a lot of innings on those arms, too. 
And by the time you get to the back end, you're going to expect some regression out of that bullpen. They can't keep performing at the level. They've been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Contreras, Cappies, that's his most valuable chit in the... um, Boy, Kimbrell. Yeah. I mean, Kimbrell's elite. If if Kimbrell's not starting in the All-Star game, there needs to be an investigation. Assuming we get a closer situation, right? If he's not the guy running out in the ninth, uh, something's, something's not right. Uh, bullpen has been unreal. They're second best in the National League. What did I see? Mm-hmm. The Padres number one? Is that what it was? I thought it was the yeah. Pods number one. Anyways, um, ESPN's.com's Adam Rittenberg will join us next as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.0 for podcasting. If you plan to buy a franchise business or you're thinking of starting a new franchise, there's a lawyer right here in Central Iowa that can help you through the process. Rush Nigget, a brick gentry law PC, has set up an affordable service to help individuals considering buying or starting a franchise business. Learn more online at rushonbusiness.com. Let Rush Nigget help you buy or start your franchise. Rush Nigget, the franchise lawyer with brick gentry law PC. It's good to have Rush on your side. You can see it, picture it, the building you've always wanted, an expansion of your existing business, a new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at GraphiteGR. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at renter's warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renter's Warehouse guy, he lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renter's Warehouse guy lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renter's Warehouse guy, he sleeps soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. for details. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon. Murph and Andy coming up at 1. The Fanatics and 3 Hawks Central tonight uh, at 6. Uh, 6 uh, right on the button. Let's get to Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com. Wrote a really good piece on, on grad transfers. Remember grad transfers? Seemingly, Hoiberg was the first in our state mm-hmm. basketball-wise. Big time. Big, big time. And, and, and really helped to put Iowa State, or get Iowa State, rather, back on the basketball map. Uh, but Russell Wilson, 10-year anniversary of him transferring from NC State Jeez. to Wisconsin. And then the list of guys that have come afterwards. Adam, uh, Trent and Ken uh, in Des Moines, as always. Sure appreciate talking to you, Adam Rittenberg. I thought that was a really, uh, I love stories that make me think. Uh, and yours did, and, and jog some memories. Uh, 
as to some of the grad transfers that really made an impact uh, at their second school after graduating from their first. Adam, good to talk to you. Congrats on that piece. Well done. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Good to be on with you guys. Yeah, it was fun to look back and, uh, you know, obviously the transfer uh, market and just the designations have changed so much since Russell Wilson made that move and since graduate transfers were, you know, kind of the only way you could be an immediate impact player as a transfer. But there were quite a few uh, really good ones at the quarterback position. After Russell Wilson, there were a lot more who, who didn't really pan out. But yeah, fun to fun to look back and, and obviously talk to, to Coach Bielema about his rec- recollections of of that time at uh, at Wisconsin. You know, right right around this uh, day, ten ten years ago. So that was going to ruin college athletics. I remember the conversations <laughs> yeah. that was going to do it, and then. Oh, man, we, we're giving these kids stipends for cost of living. This is going to ruin the college athletics because you're going to get more if you go to USC as opposed to Iowa City because of the cost of living is higher. It didn't ruin college athletics. And now we're on the eve of name, image, and likeness, and many of those same people saying this is what's going to change and ruin college athletics. Your takeaway as we wait for tomorrow. Yeah, you know, it's going to be really interesting, Trent. You know, I was talking with a, a Pac-12 coach about this yesterday, and you know, kind of what, what he thought was going to happen, what I thought was going to happen. And, you know, we, we both agreed that it's going to be, you know, really different and interesting market to market, you know, team to team, um, you know, how, how these businesses will, 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 uh, will interact and, and want to promote athletes and, and really the motivation. I mean, I'm not a business guy, but I know that it's very much rooted in the bottom line and, and making unemotional decisions. And the coach brought up an interesting point. Like, you know, if you're a fan of a, of a school, are you going to just, uh, you know, throw money at, at some of these uh, football players just because you like the school or because uh, you think it actually will help your business. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that's going to be interesting to, to look at. And, um, and, and, you know, will, will the quarterback at, at school X automatically profit significantly off of who he is, even if the team isn't good or if he isn't good, or do they have to deliver and, you know, be uh, not just a good, uh, uh, you know, a spokesperson for whatever company or product, but, but actually, you know, be, be performing on the field. So, um, but I think in football, again, maybe I'll be wrong. I, I don't think this is going to, you know, dramatically affect a large number of athletes. Uh, I think it's going to be inter- more interesting to see which teams in which markets you know, might benefit more so than, than we would think. Um, you know, Nebraska is one that I think a lot about just because of the devotion to that program. Mm-hmm. And maybe in Iowa, you know, with no major pro teams, you have two FBS programs, you know, one of which is entering uh, what could be the greatest season in, in team history in Iowa State and another one that's been very steady at, at Iowa. Uh, so how will those athletes uh, look to and, and benefit from these new rules? That'll be, that'll be fascinating to watch here in the coming days and weeks. Adam, has anyone shared with you a, what you think might be a legitimate concern as to how this could go wrong? I mean, it's going to evolve, right? What we see starting tomorrow uh, isn't going to be what we see on July the 1st, 2025. Things are going to change as we figure this out. But have you heard a, a concern that uh, you know made, uh, made you stop and think that, you know, that might be a good point? Maybe this is going to be problematic. Is there such a thing? Well, yeah, I mean, there's. I think from from just the distraction of it to um, you know booster involvement and um, you know how uh, the 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 uh, all the responsibilities that are initially going to fall on schools to manage it, um, especially in states where you don't have uh, NIL laws in place. Um, you know, that was essentially what happened earlier this week. Is the NCAA uh, Division One Council said, okay, you know, if you're in a state where you don't have a law in place, you know, just, just do, do what you, do whatever you need to do. We're not going to penalize anyone 
and schools, you figure it out because we're waiting, obviously, for some type of federal guidance, which isn't in place from a legislative standpoint. So that's uh, that's going to be interesting. And I think that's going to be problematic at times. And some schools will be readier for it than others. And there's going to be some unintended consequences. But, um, you know, again, I, 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 I'm, I, I think this is going to be a much bigger deal, guys for athletes in more individual sports, athletes that can mm. you know, uh, market products, female athletes, you know, athletes that have strong social media following. Um, I think a lot of those athletes have been losing out on significant money by being in college, and uh, especially Olympic athletes that have uh, you know, the best branding opportunity in sports coming up in Tokyo. Um, you know, what, what are they going to be able to in, then in turn – uh, translate to uh, as a college athlete and making some money. So, um, but I, I just don't think the, the the starting guard at most schools or the starting defensive tackle or starting punter at most FBS schools is going to be ever really going to be able to make some money unless they have something else going for them, like a already established social media brand or something quirky that 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 that, that that's going to uh, draw in some. Uh, potential uh, partners, business partners. Well, don't forget the audience you're talking to, Adam. We're here in the state of Iowa. We love our punters over here. So <laughs> we, do, we got a good one in, yeah, in Iowa. <laughs> absolutely. So we haven't, haven't talked to you since we see the proposal of the 12-game college football playoff. We're still a couple of years away from it. I think one of the sticking points still remains what to do with those quarterfinal games. Do you make them part of the bowl process? Or are they going to be home games for the top four that get the bye? Outside of that, what are you hearing inside the college ranks? And if you had to tilt one way or the other, bowl games part of the quarterfinals or home campuses, which way do you think that would tilt as you know it right now? Well, I think it's, there's going to be a lot of resistance from those. Uh, you know, Keep in mind, the people that are shaping this are – you know, they obviously have some campus interest and, and wanna would love to see some games on campus, but they also have these long-term relationships with the bowls, um, especially the commissioners of these conferences, and they're going to want to you know keep those bowls as happy as they can be. I personally would rather see as many games on campus mm-hmm. in a postseason setting as possible. I mean, I I, I I love the NCAA basketball tournament. You know, like everybody else, I covered the first weekend this year in Indianapolis. But in a sense, it's a ridiculous way to re- determine a champion. It really is. I mean, a bunch of neutral site games that are, you know, with random matchups. I mean, yeah, you'll sometimes get the best team winning, but it, it doesn't happen that often. Whereas in, in football in general, you know, the best team will, will win. I think that, 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 that the best team should be rewarded, um, ideally, with a game on campus. I mean, imagine if that was a carrot for the top four teams. Hey, you, you get in the top four, not only are you getting a bye, but you're playing a semifinal game, uh, or sorry, a quarterfinal Quarter, yeah. game on your, on, on your campus. Uh, you know, with a chance to advance to a semifinal and, and get a step closer to a national championship. I mean, that, that would be awesome. I mean, I, I personally uh, grew up, and I think you guys are probably the same. I, I, I didn't grow up loving college football because I watched the Rose Bowl. I love the Rose Bowl. But, I mean, the, the connection that we all have to the sport is by watching it at, at, at Kinnick Stadium or at, at Jack Trice Stadium, or for me it was Memorial Stadium in California, and then some of the, the Big Ten uh, venues I was able to uh, visit as a college student and now as a professional. And that, that's where I, love, that, I, where I grew to love the sport. So I, that's where I want to see more games. Um, and I think it would be awesome. So, uh, I, I, again, I'm, I'm pro-expanded playoff. I didn't see the 12-team uh, thing coming. 
but I would love to see another round on campuses. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com. Adam, a couple more minutes, we'll, we'll let you go. Do you think that it, there's some legit concerns that we may not get this in 2023, which seemingly at the earliest we can get it, but uh, seemingly the last couple of weeks getting a little pushback, uh, and I'm sure negotiations are obviously going to be a huge part of it uh, with ESPN, etc. Uh, but do you think there, it's a legitimate concern that we might not be ready in 2023? Yeah, I, I'd be stunned if it's ready in 2023. I mean, again, keep in mind how slowly this sport even moved to a playoff and then locked in such a long-term contract. Um, and so uh, but given those relationships and the fact that you know, certain bowl games are going to get a number of semifinals uh, before it would go to a, an expanded system, um, how do you uh, make everybody you know financially happy? I, I, I really think, we're looking at 2024 in the earliest, and it wouldn't shock me, guys, if, if, if it went through the entire four-team contract before we went to 12. I, I mean, I, I hope not, because I think that the sooner that we get to an expanded playoff, the more opportunities it is, the, the more it becomes a truly national playoff, where all parts of the country are represented, and more teams are engaged in the process throughout the regular season. But I, 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 would, I would be stunned if it's 2023. I, I, I certainly would love to see it in 2024, but I, I could see it. I could see it actually going in later than that. You know, one of the biggest concerns that I have had now for the last few years of college football is just this gap that seems to grow year after year between the haves and the have-nots in Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and the Big 12 to a lesser degree. Just that gap that seems to grow as we look at the future of college football, the playoff being a part of it, name, image, and likeness. Are we trending back towards more teams having a chance, or do you think this is going to get even worse in the future? No, I mean, what has to happen, Trent, is that there's a group of teams that are capable of being in that top mix that have not achieved to their capability. And it's a small group, but at least we would create a little bit more variety. So I'm talking about Texas. I'm talking about uh, a USC, mm-hmm. um, you know, Florida State maybe. But, you know, again, other than, uh, you know, they had a great run under Bobby Bowden. Um, you know, they haven't historically been in that mix. Georgia is a program that should be in that mix and has the capability to be in that mix because of how they're funded. You know, Texas A&M historically has never been in that mix. Um, could, could they get there more often? Uh, it's possible because they have the money. They, they have the head coach who's done it. Um, but it's a very small group. Like, I don't know if Michigan can ever get in that mix. I could, could Michigan make the playoffs? Sure. Uh, could Penn State make the playoffs? Sure. Uh, but are they going to be an annual national title contender? I don't think so. Could, could, could Wisconsin or Iowa or, you know, even look at last year, Northwestern, get in the college football playoff at 12 teams? Yes. Can they win a national championship? I don't think so. Uh, so to me, it's just the, the way the sport is. Uh, but, but there are a number of programs. Oregon is a really interesting example, right? So Oregon uh, was in, uh, in a spot, five-year span. They were a national runner-up twice in 2010 and 2014. They're now coming off of two straight Pac-12 titles. They uh, recruited a very, very high level, but they've never won a national title. So could, 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 they, could they win one? Maybe. Are they going to be Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson? Probably not. Um, and so that's just uh, you know, the reality of the way the sport is because of the money and the history and the way some of these programs are aligned. But I think it would be a much better sport if some of the programs that have been underachieving, and I, I certainly look at Texas and USC maybe at the top of that list along with Georgia, if they were achieving at a higher level and being in that championship mix in a more, at a more often uh, a more regular basis. 
Uh, Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com. Adam, last thing, uh, just to the west of us in Lincoln. Uh, Bill Moose, I know he left Washington State and it caught everybody off guard. Uh, this uh, announcement last week that he's out of Nebraska caught everybody off guard, seemingly. Was he pushed, Adam, or do you think it was, it was his own doing? Probably a combination. You know, I mean, 70 years, 70 years old. I think this is always going to be the last spot or stop for him, um, you know. But but I mean, you'd heard rumors even back in 2019 that that maybe this was uh, that he w- he would be out soon. Um, but so I, I think again, I, would he have wanted to stay on longer? Probably. Um, what was he ever going to be the AD for another four or five years? Probably not. So uh, I think it was again a combination of uh, of you know the timing was you know the end of the fiscal year. You know, he's 70 years old. Um, coming off of a difficult year for everybody with, with COVID. Um, and so, you know, they, they, I think probably collectively, maybe Nebraska more than Bill decided this is the time for him to, uh, to retire and for the school to move forward. And, you know, guys, I, in talk, I'm putting together a piece about Nebraska and its first decade in the Big Ten. And in talking to some people around that program, um, I, 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 I have real concern about where they're at. And I think it also um, uh, emphasizes the importance of this hire. And I, one person, a former player there told me yesterday, this is the most important hire that they're going to have as a program in 15 years. They have to get mm-hmm. this hire right with the athletic director. And so that's going to be fascinating to see who they who they go to and, and what type of background the person has. Yeah, going to be fascinating. And I knew you knew. Well, at least you had an indication something was up because you were supposed to talk to Moose the morning yeah. of his announcement, right? I was. I was. Yeah, we had a, an interview that was scheduled on Tuesday that I had to push back to Wednesday and then he had to he pushed back to Friday and then they canceled Friday, and so I should have I should have known. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I hope to, I hope to visit with Bill here at some point. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a little bit uh, unusual for sure. Good stuff, Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com. Adam, thank you for finding time for us. We appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you, Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com. It is a big hire. It is a big yes. hire. I, I look forward to reading that piece. I had a lot of texts uh, from folks over in Nebraska asking about Jamie Pollard and hearing anything. Oh, really? Because they, they, they told me that there's some steam on him. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think there is. I don't think he's leaving. And it goes hand-in-hand hand with the football coach, right? Well, sure. It's a, yeah, 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 a two-for-one yeah. deal. Uh-huh. Yeah, perfect world, sure. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, there was a... I mean, his name was... Pollard's name was out there right away. Ed Stewart's a guy who played there. Yeah. He's now in the Big 12 in the in the uh, commissioner's office. He's an associate commissioner of football, I think. Okay. Um, Tribe Alberts, we talked about. That was a name that was on there initially. Hasn't gained a whole lot of traction. It hasn't. It hasn't. That, when he cut football at Nebraska-Omaha, mm-hmm. there were so many people just in the state that were out on him. I remember. It was... You're taking away mm-hmm. football from a... University in Nebraska. Yeah. It's tough to do. You know the Trevor Alvish kick snow story? No. Uh, Back to memory lane here uh, a <laughs> yeah. week later. I, I'm excited about this one. So that was Joel's target. Oh, yeah? When, when Terrell dropped him, uh-huh. and I was, in, I was in need of a partner, Alberts and Miller, Miller and Alberts. Uh-huh. He, he, he reached out to Trev Alberts really? just to gauge his interest, because I think he was doing media. Was he on TV? Oh, he was, yeah. Right? Was he yeah. at ESPN for a while, he and was, I think he's yeah. just given that up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was Joel's, uh, that was, he was going big time. Yeah. Uh, bring Trev Albert, Trev Albert's on the kicks. No, no, I don't know how far it got. I don't think got you very far at all. Got a different Nebraska guy. We though. did. Uh, <laughs> in Matt Peralt. Yep, it was. Uh, anyways, we'll come back, finish out the program. Trent gave out a 100-to-1 shot yesterday. No Here we pressure. Go.
two in two a row. Mm, is there? Do you have a? Is there, uh, I'm looking at the right now to see if there's up. So if you missed it, uh, what was your play yesterday? It was leading scorer in the game yesterday mm-hmm. in the NBA game. Yep, Brogan Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, and he was not the leading scorer. But here's the caveat of the players listed, and there were like 12 players listed, and Lou Williams wasn't one of them. Lemon Pepper Lou was not. So. Mm. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, 100 to 1 odds. I don't think we're going to do that well again today. Trent, I, it's going to be a long time before anybody on these airwaves, regardless of time slot. Yeah. And I'm looking at you, the three to six, <laughs> uh, gives out a 100 to 1 shot. That's remarkable. I gave you the justification yesterday. I thought, I like the Hawks. I also thought Trey Young was going to play. Uh-huh. But I thought that they were not only going to cover the seven, I thought they were going to win comfortably. Mm-hmm. When it gets late in the game, you don't have to score 32. Score 24. Bogdanovich was due. Hadn't shot it very well. He's a really talented offensive guy. That was the justification, but it was a lottery ticket. Will I ever hand out another 100 to 1? No, one? the answer is no. When you did your horse racing picks, did you ever hand out not anything like to that? One, no. Yeah. No. I hit uh, Silver Charm at 75 to 1 okay. in the Derby Futures at a place called the Desert Inn that is no longer there. It is now the win. Um, so that was the biggest. And you remember that one. Oh, and I gotcha. And I will remember Bogdanovich for a very long time mm-hmm. also. I'll remember having $10,990, some of which was in my socks. <laughs> when I hit a pick six, and I had the first Betamax in Winnipeg. No, I stand correct. The second Betamax in Winnipeg. Uh, do you remember Betamaxes? I do. You vaguely, right? Yes, it so is. So when Betamax to VHS, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had the I had the second one, and you could only buy tapes in one store in the whole city. I remember Dan Weldon, who unfortunately has passed away, the indie driver. Because I was on my way to Vegas. I was in the car driving. I think I was flying maybe out of Cedar Rapids. So I was driving down, listening to sports radio, and he was interviewed. And so I got there and I threw 10 bucks on Dan Weldon at, I think he was 25 to 1 to win the Indy 500. And sure enough, he did. And for a guy in his early 20s, that's a big score. That was a big hit. Extra $250 when. Might have walked out there with only $250. That was a really good time. Uh, He hit on a 100-to-1 shot yesterday. What will he come up with today? We'll take our final time out and come back with that on 1460. KXNO and 106.3. All right, running out of show, Trent Condon. Who do you like? I was looking so hard to try to find an NBA prop that I like, trying to find that leading scorer prop. Reggie was calling my name, a little Reggie Jackson. Uh-huh. Ultimately didn't do it. I'm going back to the well, and I'm betting on Dylan Cease. You know that we have problems, me and Dylan. I know. We haven't seen eye to eye. You have problems with the team Dylan's pitching against today, too. Minus 125. There you go. The White Sox. <laughs> Over your Minnesota Twins. Murph and Abby in an hour and four minutes. The Fanatics at three. Hawk Central tonight. Thanks for being with us. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.